Welcome to season two of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. I hope the summer has been treating you well, and I hope you are excited for another set of episodes all about the strategy and theory of running your business podcast. So I mentioned at the close of the last season that we were thinking about how we wanted the show to continue. And what the main driver of this season is going to be is structure, that elusive quality we impose on ourselves and our work to prevent chaos. So we're going to go more in depth and these solo episodes are hopefully going to sound a lot like lessons where I'm going to be sharing some of our best information and digging deep into the theory of podcasting as a company and addressing the different things that as a company podcaster, you have to make decisions about. To that end, we're also going to be trying a couple of segments at the end of all of our episodes, even the guest ones. And do we ever have some cool guests lined up for you this season where we're going to be answering direct questions and providing specific action steps for each episode. So I'm a big believer in starting as you mean to go on, and that means today we're going to be going over the different kinds of show formats that you have as your disposal, when they're the most useful, and how to create them. And that's what we're talking about today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. All right, so show formats for company podcasts. There are a couple of important considerations for a company podcaster to keep in mind when selecting a format. And if you've already started your show, this is information you can use to audit your show and see if you are using the format that is the most effective and the most efficient for you and your business and your goals. But the things you want to be keeping in mind or auditing for are the time it takes to capture the raw audio, the investment that needs to be made in post-production, and most important of all, the ultimate business goal of the podcast and how well the format helps you meet it. So we're going to be talking about different show formats that will help you do those things and you can make decisions about. Those are interviews, solo episodes, co-hosted conversations, panel discussions, demonstrative shows, documentary style, clip shows, and lives. There are lots of other formats, of course, like narrative, fiction, news, and more. But those are ones that you're more likely to find in podcasts that exist as businesses in and of themselves or that are passion projects. So they're valuable, but not necessarily something that's going to be useful to you as a company podcaster. We're always balancing that desire to create with the needs of a business. And while quality is always absolutely critical, efficiency and effectiveness are important considerations too. I'll be linking to examples of each type of show that we talk about in the show notes of this episode, which you'll be able to find at onestonecreative.net slash 23. That's onestonecreative.net slash 23. And those are in numbers, not words. Let's get started and talk about interviews. When most people think podcast, they think interview. There are different kinds of interviews, and this is where a lot of company podcasters make a really big mistake. High level, there are interviews that are really conversations between equals, and there are interviews that are about sharing another person's expertise with your audience. They're each good, they're each valid, they each have their place, but they don't do the same things. If you're looking to use your podcast to establish thought leadership, you must be seeking out conversations between equals, where you and your guest are contributing equally to the informational output of the episode. If you're just asking questions and going, "Mm hmm, I agree, and what do you think of you're not establishing thought leadership? And that can be totally fine, but not if your goal for podcasting is developing and enhancing your reputation as a thought leader. So first, conversational style interviews. In these, you want to make sure that you and your guest are talking to each other, digging into ideas as they come up, and each contributing your own experience and expertise to the topic at hand. You're not just going to run down a list of prepared questions And you're not going to spend the whole conversation getting your guests to talk about what they are great at. That's an informational interview. 
Now, conversational interviews can be a little tricky. It takes practice to have equal conversations with strangers and even more to have that kind of casual seeming conversation with someone that you look up to or admire who's really well known in your space. But they are brilliant for enhancing your own thought leadership. Because when you're talking to another expert, it conveys, first of all, that you have access to experts and are on the same professional level as them. And of course, it really means you need to curate who you're talking to. This is not the style of show where you'd be coaching a client, for example, although those can be really valuable, really interesting. We'll be talking about those when we get into demonstrative podcasts later in the episode. But having conversations with fellow professionals also gives you the chance to build and nurture relationships with them and explore aspects of your own subject matter in new and interesting ways. Now, moving on to informational style interviews. These are different from conversational ones in that the focus is really on the guest and not so much on the host. The host is shining rather than sharing the spotlight for the purposes of bringing valuable information from the expert to the audience. This style of podcast is highly valuable from a relationship building standpoint and from an audience engagement standpoint. These interviews work best when you know that your audience can benefit from information that you don't necessarily possess yourself or within the company. And when your key goal for podcasting is expanding your own professional network of experts who serve similar audiences. In an informational style interview, because the focus is on getting your guest expert, the person you're talking to, to share the information that they have, it can be a lot more like a traditional interview where you as the interviewer are asking questions and making sure that you're getting all of the information that your audience is going to need and really giving your guests the chance to demonstrate their expertise and really shine their own brilliance that you can be then sharing to the world. So lots and lots of value to that, but it is critically different than a thought leadership style conversational podcast and interview where it's going to be a lot more of an exchange of ideas between equals rather than an extracting of ideas, ideas to give to other people who are going to find them valuable. So that's something to chew on for a little bit and we'll move on to solo episodes. So solo episodes are another popular podcast format for thought leadership and audience engagement podcasts, as well as being a massive boon to the highly content motivated among us. In a solo podcast or episodes, and lots of shows like to mix up interviews and solo content to get the benefits of multiple blueprint styles, mm -hmm, you're listening to one right now, these shows can either be scripted or off the cuff. So scripted means that you plan in advance more or less exactly what you're going to say and in what order, either with a detailed outline or with a full script. And off the cuff is when you have a key topic or a brief outline and you just go to town with it. Only testing it out and practicing will determine what is going to work best for you. What you need to watch out for is that reading often sounds like reading, and that is an unendurably boring thing to listen to. <laughs> On the other hand, off the cuff can be so scattered that it's hard to follow. And you're also going to be at risk of pressing publish and realizing you've left out important details. Ask me how I know that one. So you want to try out a couple of different methods between scripted and off the cuff and outlined to find out what is going to be the best balance for you of both sounding natural and sounding engaged but having enough structure that it's easy to understand and follow and you don't miss key issues or ideas that you want to be talking about. So another thing that people sometimes run into with solo episodes is that when it's just you and the mic, building the momentum and excitement can be a little challenging. There is a dynamism to having a conversation with another person that can keep the energy going. And for some hosts, that's a necessity, not a nice to have. It really comes down to your own skills, style and preferences. So let's talk about the two most popular types of solo episode show. So the first is monologue. A monologue style show can be viewed like an audio essay or a blog post. You have your topic, the different points about it that you want to cover, hopefully a few stories and opinions to keep things interesting, and off you go. 
these are great when you want to talk about things that are going on in your industry, share the results of research or experiments. And these are also demonstrative podcasts in many cases. They can be used to provide actionable information, share theory and strategy with your listeners, and generally teach your audience what you want them to know or get your own IP and content out into the world. The key idea is information transfer from the host to the listener in an efficient, portable way. Another really popular style of solo show is the Q&A format where the host answers questions that were either submitted by listeners and sometimes audio clips of people asking them is included, but not always, or culled from inboxes and social media or Facebook groups, lots of different places where people are asking questions. These can all be combined into Q&A style shows, and these are great for a lot of reasons too. First and foremost, if one person actually drums up the courage and the motivation to actually ask a question about your topic area, you can be reasonably certain that a lot of people are wondering and providing a direct answer is a real service to your community. Secondly, it is so, so, so repurposable. Massive Q&A lists, multimedia resources for the sales team to distribute content to put on social. I could go on and on and on about the ways you can repurpose a Q&A style show. And if you're interested, I can. Let me know in the comments on the show notes or on social uh, if that would be interesting. And it should also be said that for a lot of experts, answering questions is really fun, but it can get tedious when it's the 400th time. So having a definitive answer to a common question can save a lot of that time and keep you from getting bored and frustrated with people asking legitimate questions. These shows can also be really, really quick to put together. You pick a theme, find a few questions you've been asked, read and then answer them and send off to production. Of course, if you start to run out of questions and you have a production calendar that you need to adhere to, that can become a little more challenging, but it is often a really quick and fun way to get an episode out there. Now, let's move on and talk about another high-level episode of format type, which is co-hosted conversations. So a co-hosted conversational podcast is exactly what it says on the tin. It's two hosts talking to each other and sharing information with the audience. These kinds of shows are often, but not always, really about education, taking subject matter and conveying it to the listener in an organized and enjoyable format. Now, these shows can be a lot of fun, especially for audience engagement podcasts, where you have a crowd of engaged audience hungry for content from your organization. You can fill that need for them and provide a huge amount of content without the considerable trouble and expense of a guest management process, like getting interviews scheduled and then produced and managing different people's schedules. Having a co-host that you regularly talk to, on balance, quite simple. Sometimes you can have guests join co-hosts on a show like this, but from a production standpoint, that can get a little chaotic, not to mention be a little rough on the guest. Two interviewers and one interviewee isn't the most comfortable situation for most people. So if you are in a situation where you're thinking, I would like to have a conversational style podcast, but we don't need guests from a business perspective, it can be a great opportunity to do that co-hosted style. You get a lot more energy. You have the dynamism of two people talking to each other. You get the benefit of exposing your audience to two different members of your organization, uh, which can be great for building knowing, liking, and trusting. And it can be a lot easier to schedule if you've got you know, a work colleague that you're good friends with. You can have great chemistry. You can have an interesting conversation about your topic area every week. And that can be wonderful IP and content that you send out to your audience. These types of shows really are the best when you have an audience that is invested in learning a lot about the area that your business operates in. It could be a format to really seriously consider. Now, let's talk about demonstrative podcasts. These are shows that are primarily used to show you that you can walk what you talk. Think case studies, live coaching, analysis of events, reviews, and commentary in your industry. 
These are generally for thought leadership or audience engagement style shows, and they can be a little more difficult to arrange than a straight interview or solo episode, but they can be enormously valuable for both your audience and your business. Coaches particularly find a lot of value in this style of show. If they've got clients willing to be coached on the air, it can be a fabulous way to demonstrate the methodology that the coach uses and the kinds of breakthroughs that their clients can see. Now, this helps the listener by giving them an example to relate to and proof that the service and coaching really works, and it gives the business a chance to demonstrate the value of the services. Not every demonstrative podcast needs to be a direct case study, of course. The goal with these types of podcasts is to show in a very real way that the company knows what it's talking about. So anything that meets that goal is functionally a demonstrative podcast. Providing reviews of products, services, books, and other content creators can accomplish the same goal. And likewise, researching, analyzing, and communicating news and developments in the industry can have the same kind of impact. So what we've talked about so far, informational, solo, co-hosted conversations, and demonstrative are the really the main high-level options for weekly or bi-weekly release schedules. Once you get into the swing of things, they're fairly quick to knock out. You can build up a solid workflow that meshes seamlessly with the rest of your week. There are a whole bunch of other show formats, of course, that take a little more arrangement from the front end or more of an investment in post-production, and so they aren't typically great for businesses to do every single week, but they can be amazing for a special series, an event, or milestones like the 100th episode or book and product launches. So we're going to look at these two. And we'll start with documentary style. So a documentary style podcast is one that tells a story with a beginning, middle, and end, either within a single episode or from the beginning of a season or series to the end of it. Very often, these are going to be more highly produced with more sound elements than a standard interview or solo show. And as such, they can be a little more challenging and expensive to produce, but the results can be astounding and generally very evergreen. So sometimes a single host will provide all of the narrative and information, or there will be a combination of a host providing the framing and context supplemented by other speakers with personal anecdotes, specialized information, or additional context. There's going to be a lot more planning on the front end for this type of show, which is why you're going to see it more frequently as a special or a standalone rather than something that's created every week, especially for company podcasts. This style of podcast you'll find on more of the content or broadcast networks like uh, Wondery or a lot of the other you know, really content-focused shows that really do that investigative journalism style of reporting. But some business use cases for a documentary style show could be the origin story of your organization or brilliant snapshot of your current company culture or an event. You can also use the style to help develop fascinating case studies for your content something that your clients might appreciate sharing with their own team and audience. So if you're getting a little creative and you think about the different ways you can use this kind of a capsule or a contained documentary style show, you can really have some fun with it and add value and delight to your organization and to your culture. We'll be right back in just a moment. And now back to the show. The next type of show that I want to talk about is clip shows. Now, these are a lot of work and you probably will not want to do it every week, but for major events and milestones and after you've got enough of a podcasting archive to support it, they can be so much fun and really show what you or your production team are capable of. So a clip show is an episode composed of selections from other episodes. For example, the top 10 lessons from 100 episodes or the 10 best insights from a year of podcasting. Individual clips from previous episodes will be selected, maybe on a particular theme, and then re-edited into a new episode with the host framing the clips being presented, providing the context for them, why the clips are important, and what connects them. Now, this means the production process can get a little ungainly, but it can be very well worth it. 
So we often create clip shows from milestone episodes like the 100th or the 200th. They're a lovely celebration of the work that has come before and a great way to encourage people to promote, to have your old guests share the episode that they were on again. So every guest who is featured on the clip show can be contacted to say something along the lines of, hey, your insight about XYZ was so good. We included it in this incredibly special and fabulous clip show. Here's a link. And as always, of course, not everyone is going to share, but it's a really nice email to be able to send from a relationship building standpoint, if nothing else. Next, let's talk about panel discussions. So a panel discussion show is one where you pull together multiple experts on a topic and moderate a conversation between them. You've seen these at conferences, I'm sure. A moderator, the host in this case, will pose questions and then get insights from each guest. And these can be fascinating podcast episodes where you cover a lot of ground and get a lot of different insights into important topics, but they're a lot of work. They're enough work that I generally don't recommend them as a weekly or even a monthly part of your schedule. Just getting that many humans on a call at the same time can be a bit of a headache, but they can be a fantastic capstone to a season, a bonus episode to promote a major launch or release, or a quarterly event that features really heavily in your kind of content schedule and your promotional calendar. So as with any panel, make sure that you're giving each guest a chance to speak and be heard, and make sure that you are really taking advantage of the fact that you've got all of these experts talking about an important topic and promote it heavily to your audience and give the experts that you have on the call lots of materials to promote themselves as well. These are something that can occasionally be really effective if done live. And live is the next type of show that I'm talking about. And it comes with a big honking asterisk as far as podcasting is concerned, because there is a dynamic sort of engagement on a live event, even a virtual live event that does not translate perfectly to audio. But that said, sometimes they are appropriate and it can be a really good way to add some variety and get double duty out of something that you're already creating. And if you plan in advance, like to have a live panel discussion as a quarterly season capstone to your podcast, that's fine. We'll allow it. But as a regular repurposing, oh, we're just going to do a live stream every week and then slap it into iTunes as our podcast. It's just not going to sound as good as something that is given a little more care and attention. Lives can be pretty much any of the types of podcasts that we've talked about. You can do live interactive solo episodes or interviews or panel discussions or co-host conversations. Anything that you would do pre-recorded and then set to be delivered asynchronously can technically be done live if you've got the audience to support it. And it's perfectly fine to experiment with it and see what different types of lives are going to be the most interesting for you. The audio quality that comes from a live demonstration is almost always going to be less good than when you've got everyone kind of in their own space, quiet, in a dedicated audio capture environment. But that said, if you are going to be doing lives, sometimes it is appropriate to repurpose them into your podcast, especially when it's treated like the special event it is rather than your week to week production. So we have just covered a lot of different topics here, the topics that make really good candidates for efficient weekly and biweekly episodes and ones that are a little more special occasion or that can be mixed and matched. It can feel a little restrictive when you're getting started and oh, if I'm going to do an interview podcast, I'm going to be stuck to interviews forever for the rest of time. And there is something to be said for you know, having structure and having the same thing every week and making that a part of your workflow and letting people know what to expect from you as a content creator. But, you know, sometimes we crave novelty and it is really good and important to push our creative boundaries a little bit from time to time. And since you are, of course, the boss of your podcast, unless it is the your boss who is the boss of your podcast, then you can shake things up a little bit while maintaining regular consistency. As a rule, you want to have one or two types of episode that you're going to stick to on a regular schedule so that your listeners 
you know, when you release on Tuesdays, they know what they're going to be getting. It's not going to be kind of a random experience that they may or may not be interested in having. But for things like bonus episodes, a special series, season openers and closers, these are all opportunities for you to flex a little and test things out, bring more people in and try different formats to see if they are easier, more fun or create a greater impact for you and your business. So of course, always the most important thing is knowing your goal, what you're trying to do with this podcast, which of the blueprints you're using and what is the show format that's going to help you make the most meaningful impact to your business and to the relationships that you're building as a part of your business. So as we kind of said at the top, if you haven't started your podcast yet, hopefully this episode is going to give you a really good overview of the different possibilities that you have for your episode format choices. If you've already got a podcast that you're running, give it an audit and see, hey, are these solo episodes that we're running every week working for us? Are we repurposing them as much as we thought we would? Are we getting our IP out there in a meaningful way? Or if you're doing interviews, you know, are you parlaying those relationships in the way that's most valuable to you? Are you having conversations that you enjoy? Do you hate it? That is the thing that can happen. So think about your show. Always be thinking about your show, how you're working on it and what value it is bringing to your business and how to optimize that value. Okay, it is time for today's question as delivered straight to the hello at onestonecreative.net inbox. And if you've got a question of your own, please do send it to hello at onestonecreative.net. Today's is, should I put my podcast on YouTube? The answer to that question, according to the data in the State of Business Podcasting Report, is a resounding yes. The vast majority of podcasts in the top 100 business shows exist in one form or another on YouTube. You can record your episodes in video as well as audio if you like, but how good that is going to look depends on the investment you want to make in video and the number of different humans you need to wrangle into good lighting and stage makeup for each episode. That means solo episodes are going to be the easiest to record in high quality video, although that is still considerably more challenging than an audio only show. For interviews, some shows choose to play Zoom or talking head style interviews, record those, add the kind of the bumpers at the beginning and end, maybe some lower thirds, and put those on YouTube. I'm of slightly mixed feelings about whether or not that's a good choice. If you and your guest are all in, then you absolutely should because the algorithm does give a preference to live action style video. But that can add a little bit of friction on your interviewing and scheduling process because not everyone wants to be a talking head on Zoom. So it really comes down to the expectation that you're setting with your guest and whether or not you are going to be getting usable quality audio. It's probably not worth playing to the algorithm in that way if it doesn't look professional or as polished as you want to be conveying your brand on YouTube. And if that's what you kind of find that you're running into, and if you're a little hesitant about putting your content onto video in a live action format, there are options. So audiogram style videos with a still image and animated wave sign can be a really good way to move forward. It's vastly preferable to just still image with audio overlaid on top. And it's very easy to create using a tool like Headliner or Descript. And finally, as kind of a compromise in between live action with you and your guest and audiogram style, using B-roll footage to add visual interest to the audio can make interesting content. You're going to invest a little more in the time and the production cost, finding the appropriate images and videos. And you'll probably also want to add a few custom-made slides per episode to maintain the clarity, but it's not as much of an investment as full live action. And it also kind of negates the issue of getting buy-in from your guest about appearing in a live action talking head style video. So all of this to say is that unless you absolutely can't, you should be making sure to be uploading your podcast episodes in some format onto YouTube. 
people are listening to podcasts on YouTube and YouTube is starting to pay attention to that fact. I think in the next little while, we're going to be seeing more and more from YouTube about you know, how they are going to be encouraged podcast listening on their video platform. And if you do the easiest option right now, which I thoroughly recommend, which is uploading audiogram style episodes to your YouTube channel, you can always change the format later and you'll be doing so to an existing library, which is really, really, really helpful. If people are going to be listening to podcasts through YouTube, make sure that they can find yours if they're inclined to do so. And now it's time for our key action from the episode. And that this week is to audit your show format. Is the format you're currently using serving the business function you need it to? Ask yourself, why are we podcasting? Is it to establish thought leadership, connect with an audience we already have, to build relationships, or to generate content? Remember, we're talking about the highest goal. If you need thought leadership, you need a conversational interview, a solo show, demonstrative content, or a co-hosted conversation. If you need to connect with an audience, you need informational interviews, solos, demonstrative episodes, or co-hosted conversations. And you may want to consider some audience engagement elements. For relationship building, you need informational or conversational interviews. For content, you can follow your heart to the ends of the earth and create exactly what you feel like and is the most fun for you because content is going to happen when you podcast no matter what. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Megan Doherty, and the Business Podcast Blueprint Show is created by the team at One Stone Creative. We would love to know what you're working on, too. You can get in touch using the contact form on any page of onestonecreative.net or by emailing us at hello at onestonecreative.net, especially if you've got a question you'd like us to answer on a future episode. So please do drop us a note and say hi. 